Okay, so let's、so、stop. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Parenting Unknown Podcast. My name is Matt Brownson. Thanks again for listening for another week. Hopefully, when you're hearing this, everything's going good in your life. And if things aren't, hopefully things get better. Have patience. Have hope. So the title of this episode is "The Night Is Darkest Before the Dawn." And a story in Thomas Fuller said, and I quote: "The darkest hour is just before the dawn." And it kind of translates to things always seem to get worse before they get better. Even in the worst circumstances, there's hope. Maybe you've heard this from the movie The Dark Knight. You know the Batman one. <laughs> I mean, in the movie, it said things seem to be getting bad. Harvey Dent was saying that he was going to get worse before it gets better, but it does give some kind of hope. It gives us hearing this determination to take these troubling times head on and just see that small light at the end of the tunnel. And I think we could kind of think back to some of our most hardest hitting events and see from when things were worse right before they got better. I mean, one of mine was when my grandma left. You would think about it might have been my mom with these couple episodes that I recorded, and so that was just an everyday part of life. It was just an everyday part what I was feeling. It was just something they got used to. But my grandma was a little different. As I mentioned before, she was sick for the last ten、mm, or twelve years of her life, and it just seemed every year that passed, it was just getting more and more. Conditions that were piling on her, and it started getting to the point where she would start telling me that you know, as soon as she passes, that was a sign that my mom was going to come home to me. You know, she was going to be released for whatever reason, but sadly, that wasn't the case. Just thinking back to those last two or three years of her life, and to be honest, they're taking a toll on us. Meaning, her, my uncle, and me. She was a bad diabetic that led to a stroke. Led to a broken hip, being paralyzed on half the side of her body. She had dialysis for about a good six, seven years. I mean, she was getting picked off little by little. And with all this, she stood strong, but not for herself. It was for me. And the reason why I know this is because she told me. She said that it was her duty to see my mom come back to me. And her mornings, three times a week, we were waking up at three. I'm sorry. She and my uncle were waking up at three because I had school. Uh, they were getting picked up to a clinic to start doing dialysis for a couple hours, and then back home. Right around the time I was going to school, and she was tough, and that nickname you know they gave her Champ. She really put it to the test. The last year was really tough. She didn't sleep. Her bones starting to deteriorate really bad. Her diabetes didn't help, and it was close to getting her feet amputated. But she didn't want to worry too much. And to be honest, I was a mess at that point. School was my escape. Not because I like learning. I just, I just needed time to get away. And yeah, I had my problems, my emotional concerns, and I see my grandma what she was going through, and I don't want to bother her with my problems. She had, she had enough to go through. She had enough to deal with, and I just kept a lot in, and I really had no way of venting or letting out some kind of frustration. But when she passed, sad to say, it was, it was a release. Those feelings that I had, they were just being taken over by sorrow. And honestly, it just enters a new state of feelings. In that year from when she passed to me getting my first job, was one of the most worst emotionally looking back. 
I stressed before about rent, food, or money. But now that she's gone, what's going to happen now? My grandma's money is gone. And yes, before he said anything, no, my grandma wasn't like a wealthy, like older, rich lady. No, I mean, we live basically on money that she got from the state for me and her social security money. And I paid for our rent, food. Actually, food, we got a lot at food banks. So with her gone, there was a major, major chunk being off. And being so stressed at that time, I kind of felt like I wanted to pick up smoking cigarettes just to kind of find a way to de-stress, which that was all that I heard that smoking helps, you know, <laughs> not stressing about things. But I mean, you're a kid, things you hear, right? So during this year, my uncle didn't do anything. He wasn't looking for a job. He said he didn't want to, that he was, he couldn't. So I'm thinking like, okay, like, what the fuck? First thing was like, how are we going to eat? How are we going to pay rent? How are we going to pay bills? And his thing was, well, my mom had insurance money and it's waiting for that to kick in so we can live off on. And in my head, I'm like, bro, you're a fucking adult. You have a kid who's looking up to, you know, eat, to pay rent, to provide something. I was an emotional wreck. I mean, I was looking to him for the answers, which sadly I never got or I couldn't pull out of. And yeah, it's understandable because let's face it. He lost his mom. He never left home. He was always a mama's boy. And I'm not saying that like to kind of like throw that, throw shit at him. I'm just saying the truth. Like he never left home. I mean, he loved his mom enough that he was one of the only ones to step up and, you know, take care of her doing when she got sick. So as much as he lost his mom too, he also lost his employer because he was getting paid to watch her. So what to do, right? I mean, so I guess he kind of just froze up and was grieved. So I, I needed to do something that I was not going to blow up and probably hit him. I mean, you know, it was so bad. I couldn't even look at him. Every time I heard him talk, my, my fist cleansed and I was just ready. I was just ready to go. And I think subconsciously I thought, well, if I attack him and beat him up, maybe they'll take me away and I'll have a better shot at life than just staying with him. <laughs> it's, it's sad to say, but that was... That was a thought. I was, I wanted to be out so badly. I was just so sad and miserable. And my grandma being gone, it was kind of like, now's my chance. You know what I mean? I mean, I, trust me, I've tried getting emancipated. And because my situation wasn't too bad, I got denied. And yes, I was 16, 17, which not a lot of people didn't, which a lot of people didn't know about me. I did, my wife knows, but like not really too many other people, but I tried getting myself emancipated and I wasn't as extreme condition. But whatever, the system works, right? We have a kid who gets beat constantly, has abuse, has the proof to show it. But, you know, social workers still let the abusive parents take care of the kid and the kid dies. But that's, that's just the system we live, we are part of. But I digress. I just did what any big kid at my age did. And that was join football. It was okay. I did it to escape home and that was my way out. And it was fun. But, and I say but. My uncle kept reminding me of my grandma was kind of diminished at that point. My passion for it, I guess you want to say, was just gone out the window because me joining football, it was a way to leave home. It was a way to stay out of the house longer. It was a way to be tired. So when I would go home, I wouldn't talk to him. And let's face it, after my grandma died, I had no real way of dealing with emotions. Football is a lot of exercise, a lot of hitting, a lot of going back and forth. We were around a bunch of guys who yell and, you know, say stupid shit. And that was my way out. So I had two lives. I had my football slash school life and my home life, which I didn't want to mix whatsoever. But my uncle kept telling me about my grandma, how she'd be so proud and he's so proud. And 
It got to the point where I went to football camp one day, I took all my gear home, and he started crying. He's like, your grandma would be so proud, and uh, that's it. I was dead that weekend. Like, I said, you know what, fuck this, I'm done. So when I came back that, after the camp, I told him, like, you know what, I'm done with football, I quit. And it hurt him. But instead of saying, like, you know, why did you do this, or why, he said, like, how can you do this to me? To me. It wasn't about his fucking feelings. It was about me trying to escape and deal with my own shit. But it just kind of showed me that my decision was right. I needed a way to kind of align myself. And it hurt him. So the next week, I went out and found a job. And it was this year, and it was this year period from her passing to me getting a job where it seemed like it was the worst emotionally. I had all the normal kid pains. I mean, I had all the normal kid pains, and you just sprinkle in you having a mom in prison. And now you give a dash of my grandma passing away in the mix, and <laughs> it really took its toll. But like I said before, once she passed, there was a sense of liberation. Not for me, but she wasn't suffering anymore. And my grandma was the last of her kind, meaning, I don't know how else to say it, but all her aunts, her cousins, her brothers, her sister, mom and dad, grandparents, they all died already. And I think the reason why I'm so scarred to like not want to go visit her in the cemetery is because every time I went to the cemetery to visit her parents and her sister, I always felt that pain from her. I felt that pain of loneliness, that pain of having your loved one, you know, pass on to the next life and waiting for her turn to meet them again. I felt that. So I think that's one of the reasons why I don't go back to this day. And it's been, what, 15, 16 years off the top of my head. My feelings like the world, it just opened up. I was working, started going out more. I wasn't doing anything my uncle said. He couldn't really say anything or to tell me about my school because I was in the 10th grade, starting the 11th, and I could have graduated if I wanted to. I mean, but the grades were good on that end, so he had really nothing to complain about. And I just felt like things were getting better. It still hurt. It still hurt to think the last time being at the cemetery, burying my grandma, and I was hugging her casket and I wanted to go. I think from my memory, I don't want to say for sure because some of these events kind of just blur in my head, but she had a pink casket. She loved pink. So I just remember hugging that pink casket and while everybody was going, I didn't, I didn't want to go. I didn't want to leave. So I was, it was kind of the point where I was just leaving my grandma behind. Because, yeah, I knew she had, uh, I knew she had passed on. And, you know, there was nothing I could do about it. It's part of life. But, you know, that's, that's my grandma. That was my only parental love that I felt, that I knew, that I loved myself. And to kind of be like, you know, this is it. I wasn't going to be able to hug her no more. I mean, I, I was 15. I don't know. I don't know how you're supposed to act. I've been to funerals before and, you know, for aunts and other things like that. But this was, this was different. I just, I just didn't know what to do. I just didn't want to let my grandma go. And just to go overcome with sorrow, my eyes hurt from crying so much I couldn't see. And to this day, I just never gone back. I passed by, but to step foot, I just couldn't. Me being 32, I'm just not ready. When will I be? I have no clue. But I guess everyone has their own thing with grieving, right? Am I right? But that's for another discussion. So working when I was 16, a few years later, I met my wife. And yes, 16, I had my first job, worked at a market. About a year and a half or so, started working at CVS. And in 07, 07, just graduated that holiday season, I met my wife. So we've been together 07, since 07. It's kind of long to think about, but you know, that year was a big turning point in my life. And as much as the world opened up, as much as I felt the weight of my grandma not suffering her, here being sick, I felt lonely. 
I feel like all those years conditioning me was meant was meant to this point. I continued day in and day out, not thinking about no one but me. But make no mistake, as soon as the dawn hit, things got better. It was a real uphill battle. So all that time passing, it just felt like it was going from 5.59 to 6 a.m. And that year, if things were getting better, it felt like, you know, 7, 7.30 a.m. And now, I don't know, I still feel like we're still in the early mornings if you're thinking about that grasp of time. But what I can leave you from this episode is to endure. These moments will test us, but once we pass that threshold, the results, the feelings, the gratitude after that are worth it. It lets us really figure out what we're made of as humans. It's a chance to realign our mental state and grasp us for what's coming in life. Because trust me, there's been events where I've gone through where this, I guess you could say, horrible period in my life kind of prepared me for. So when these other events happen, I was much more better prepared. And the impact, yes, it's those things suck, but the impact from it was less was less scarring. Matter of fact, there was no scarring. It was just another learning lesson at that point. But we all have the capability of doing it. And I've seen people from far, far, far worse scenarios come up on top. It's just part one of those things of the human condition. So just before you feel like giving up, just before you feel like things can't get any worse, just know just a little bit over the horizon, things will get better. And it's a lesson that you could use at almost anything in your life for things that you're not sure of, things that scare you. I mean, talking about things that you could use, I mean, my kids are potty training right now, and they're in that point where, well, my youngest, she's at that point where she's using the toilet okay, but she's still not sure. She's still scared. She's still looking over that hill. And it still seems to be worse for her every time she's unsure of herself. But just like I keep telling her, things are going to get better. Once we just go through this a couple more times over and over and practice, it will get better. And it's going to become a happy moment. It's going to become a part where it's just going to get better from here. So with that being said, hopefully everything goes good with you guys. Man, this episode kind of got to me to my past a little bit. When I was writing it, when I'm talking about it right now, a lot of things going through my head from working reflecting um, my grandma. And I always talk about my grandma and think about her a lot more in these holiday months because she loved the holidays, but she passed away a couple of days after Thanksgiving. I have the very last picture of her that she ever took, and it's just me uh, smiling, bending down to her chair while she's looking up at me. And <laughs> I mean, I love that picture. I mean, I can't say anything else. I love it. And as much as I get sad, because obviously she's not here, I was thinking of the good times. I was thinking of the times where my uncle would argue and she would tell my uncle, shut up, asshole. Don't talk to my grandson like this. But this was her her sense of humor. It wasn't like some domestic violence kind of thing. No, it was her sense of humor. If my uncle would tell me something, she'd look at him and like, shut up, asshole. It was It was just the way she talked. It was one of those kind of endearment kind of things you heard her say. But I mean, my grandma, she... Pretty much lived her life in a bar. She grew up a little bit more of the rough language. So sense of humor was a little bit out there. <laughs> but, you know, like talking to her, watching movies with her, listening to music. Me putting on Wu-Tang with her and like thinking like, oh, shit, she's not going to like this because they cuss too much. And no, playing cards and seeing her little finger tap to the beat. I was like, OK, this is this is my grandma. I, she She's pretty cool. 
telling you about her record collection. She had Johnny Cash. She had a lot of Beatles. She had everything you could think of that she had in her little uh, her little collection. And it was, it's good. I mean, when I write about my grandma like this, it may seem like it's a little bit more on the sorrow side, but it's really not for me. Yeah, some of the things may hurt me and I kind of get choked up. But I want you to know that when I talk about it like that, as soon as I feel sad, I immediately start thinking about all the things that make me happy. So I'm talking about things that may sound sad to you, but in my head, I'm already thinking about laughing with her, taking walks with her, uh, sharing special moments, playing games, her going to my middle school graduation, her being proud and taking me to the movies, just a lot of good, fun memories that I've had with her. So as much as I talk about her, as much as I think about her, whether it's good or bad, happy, sorrow, it's no other way I wouldn't have it. And she's one of, if not the person that's made a big, big effect on my life. Three others, obviously my wife, my son, and my daughter. Those four people have made such a huge impact on my life. They made me see things, feel things in a different light. They've changed my perception on things. My kids have taught me to love more. My kids have taught me to look through my own eyes with love and compassion and see things in a different light. Different light. And don't make me wrong. As much as they're teaching me how to love, anybody messes with them, that all that anger that I've had all these years, anybody touches my kid, well, I feel sorry for that person. But let's, let's just hope it doesn't come to that 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 scenario. But you know what I'm trying to say, right? So when am I going to release this? Hopefully this month is September because I am recording it in the first week of September. But if you're hearing this before the last week of September, the music episode for this month is basically just about the Beatles. My grandma got me into them, so it's just fitting that September is Beatles month. There'll be a Smith month. There'll be a, a Morrissey month or something like that, you know? <laughs> I just have the cure, so it's coming. The pest mode is coming, too. But anyways, be happy, think positively, and just enjoy life. Thanks again for listening for another week. Hopefully everybody is doing good at this point and until the next one.